Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. It's a privilege to be with Ross and Mary. Can we honour your pastors this morning? They're just wonderful people that love God, love people, and, you know, they've dedicated their life to the kingdom. And, and you know, um, Pastor Shane Willard's been preaching this message. He preached it in our church, and I heard he preached it here about wells and fences. And who knows, aren't you glad you're part of a church that's a well? But that's because your pastors want to dig, keep digging that well and believe in God for a river to flow out of it. And um, I know for John, we've been in Queensland, I think tw- I moved here January 2000, and Ross and Mary have been one of our greatest encouragements in ministry. And, um, and you know, uh, you just, you're honoured and privileged to have great pastors who have dedicated their lives to this church and to helping people. But, you know, I believe their best days are yet ahead, amen? And, uh, and also uh, ours are well. And um, I just love Harvey Bay because, you know, everyone's leaving Victoria. They've got to come somewhere. This is a, we should, we're supposed to be a secret about this place is a good place, you know. Um, and, uh, but, you know, um, who would, the weather's amazing, the, the people are amazing, you've got beautiful water, and it's just amazing. And, um, and uh, I just love it, and it's been a blessing. And I said to Joe, we're, we're supposed to be in New Zealand this week, and, um, you know, um, Joanne preached a message the other week, because last year was her 50th birthday, our 25th wedding anniversary, and she'd been giving me hints for five years that she wanted to go Hawaii. And so uh, that's how long it takes me to get the hint sometimes. And so I planned this incredible trip with the whole family coming for a week. And then COVID hit and it wasn't Hawaii. It was going to be New Zealand. Then it was going to be Port Douglas. Then it was going to be Noosa. Ended up being Wynnum walking along the mangroves. It was fantastic in Brisbane. So, uh, so I said, Joe, we can't go overseas. Why don't we just, let's go somewhere we can drive and we know we can get back. And uh, so we're at Harvey Bay for a couple of days in Fraser Island. We were the good people. We're just catching on to the secret that you already know, you know. But uh, hey, and um, it's good. It's good. Good times. But hey, I, I just believe God wants to encourage you this morning. And uh, this message I was just saying to Pastor Ross before, and I couple, eight months ago I was preaching, and I started preaching on a Sunday night, and the meeting, the, the series went into eight weeks because I just kept getting the same revelation from the Scripture. Now I'm not going to give you 25 points today. When I've written the book, I'll give it to you. But um, I'm just going to give you a couple. But I believe it's going to encourage you this morning. So we're going to we're going to open up the Word, Mark chapter 10. If you have got your Bible there, Mark chapter 10. I love the Gospel of Mark because I honestly believe uh, it's the shortest Gospel, 16 chapters. You know, Matthew and Luke, they like to rave on a little bit and you know, give you the flowery talk. But I reckon Mark was a South African because he was straight to the point, okay? So Mark chapter 10, verse 13. And you got the Bibles there? Okay. One day, some parents. Any parents out there give me a wave? Any grandparents out there give me a wave? Any great-grandparents? I had a great-grandparents. Oh, wow, gee, fantastic. Okay, this is awesome. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. We could stop right there and go home. That is a great thing, to bring your children to Jesus so we can touch and bless. Don't underestimate the power of you bringing your kids to church every week. You know, we got a guy in Brisbane, he drives 40 minutes every Sunday to pick up his grandkids because his kids aren't going on for the Lord. He brings them to church every Sunday. I'm telling you, he's sowing something into those kids that's going to bring fruit in their life. Every Sunday, he drives 45 minutes across Brisbane, picks up his kids, drives 45 minutes back to church, breaks them to kids' church, drives them back to the other side. He drives about two and a half, three hours on a Sunday just for his grandkids. But he says, I'll do it every day of the week because I want to put a seed of Jesus in their heart. Amen. Someday, some parents brought the children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. 
When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, he placed a hand on their heads, and he blessed them. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you today. Lord, I pray this would not be the vain repetitions of a man, but your word would be like a supernatural seed planted in people's hearts, bringing tenfold, hundredfold return. I pray we'd walk out of the doors of this church different today because we encountered your presence in worship, we encountered your word preached in faith, and we encountered the encouragement of fellow believers. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, I love this scripture. Well, obviously, this is amazing because the disciples, uh, you know, with Jesus, and everywhere Jesus went, there was massive crowds. Just to get some peace and quiet, he had to escape in the middle of the night and climb a mountain to, to speak to his father because he'd wake up in the morning with thousands of people. He'd cross the lake and thousands of people would be waiting for him. Everywhere he went, there's just people, people, people. And so this time, these parents are bringing their kids to be blessed by Jesus and the disciples are like, hey, stop this. He's too important to talk to your kids. And he's it's disciples. And Jesus gets angry with the disciples. He scolds them. He says, no, no, you don't understand. This is what the kingdom of God's all about. And he brings the children. And the Bible says he puts them on his lap. He places his hand on their head and he blesses them. So what kind of point is Mark trying to make in this gospel? Well, obviously, children are important to God. Who would agree? Thank God this morning there's some kids workers out there sowing the word of God into children's lives, amen. So when you pick up your kids from kids' church or your grandkids from kids' church, bless them today, thank them today. And don't just thank them, slip them a $10 note. They need caffeine after looking after your kids. Bless them this morning, amen. Yes, children are important to God. He said, let them come to me. God loves children. I'm glad you're part of a church that's a multi-generational church. We've got seniors, we've got adults, we've got teenagers, we've got young adults, we've got children. It's so important. And as, and as a church, we always need to prioritize the next generation. And that's what I love about Pastor Ross and Mary. They're believing about the next generation. But I also believe that Jesus was talking more about an attitude, a mindset that he loves about children. He said children are important to him. Now let's, let's do some homework here. All of us are God's children. We say that's correct? Whether you're 15 or 85, we're all God's children. You say, I'm old. No, you're young compared to God. He's the ancient of days. So we're all God's children in this place. We're all sons and daughters of the God. And so God loves us as his children. One day some parents brought the children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples were scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms. He placed his hand on their heads and he blessed them. It's amazing. He says this on the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. What? Those with a childlike faith. He says, come on, don't stop children coming to me. Don't stop people coming to me in their simplicity of faith, a heart of a child, because God's not interested in our knowledge. God's not interested in our pride, our self-sufficiency. God's not interested in our experience. God wants us to come to him with childlike faith. The kingdom of God, all the blessing, all the resource of heaven belongs to those who come to me with childlike faith. Yeah. Notice he doesn't say childish faith. Yeah. He says childlike faith. Yeah. 
Who knows there's a big difference between childish and childlike? Come on, you've all been with your grandchild or your child in the supermarket and he wants some candy or some lollies and you say no and suddenly you have a childish experience. A two-year-old's on the ground crying and carrying on having a tantrum. Well, sometimes I think Christians are like that with the father too. We have a tantrum with God because things didn't work out the way we thought they should work out. God doesn't want childish faith. God wants childlike faith. There's a big difference. And I want to encourage you today that we're going to talk about some characteristics as adult children here today that I believe God loves. Okay, you ready? Taking notes on your iPad, on your phone, on a piece of paper and pen. Number one is this. One of the characteristics I believe God loves about children is this. Children don't believe in limits. Children have yet to be programmed to society's expectations. You come on, you say it. You say to little four-year-old Johnny, do not go past the gate. That's a dangerous road out there. You walk inside. This is what Johnny does. He walks up to the gate. Who knows kids like to test the limits? Don't touch that stove, Johnny. Don't touch that stove. It's hot. You can say it a million times until he touches it and realizes it for himself. Okay. Kids love to push the boundaries. Children quite often, especially little children, say what they feel at inappropriate moments. Come on. My kids go to a Christian school in Brisbane. It's a really big school. And um, when they were little at primary school, and I won't tell you their name, but it starts with a C, ends with a C. It's got an O in the middle. It's a great school. And uh, it's a wonderful school. One time we're at the primary school assembly. There's 1,500, maybe 2,000 parents there. And let's face it, when you go to assembly, you don't care about all the other kids. You just want to see your child or your grandchild get their certificate or their award and take a photo. I don't want to hear the grade three violin class. Sounds like cats being strung up, okay? God bless them, you know. And, um, but these, these ceremonies go on and we're waiting for our child. And then the, the principal at the end, he's a lovely man of God. He's a lovely principal, but he thinks he's a preacher. So he's not giving a five-minute drink. He starts preaching a message and everyone's getting a bit restless. And, you know, the kids want to, I want to get my kids home. I think, I want to get out in the car park, go home. And my kid's got my award. I've got my photo with him. This is fantastic. And my seven-year-old sitting up the front because he got an award. And my three-and-a-half, four-year-old sitting down with us back in the section, about 2,000 people there. And, and in the middle of an inappropriate moment of the, the, the principal's message, my son stands up and goes, boring, boring. This is so boring. I want to go home. And everyone looked at us and were like, I don't know whose child, whose child is this? Never seen this child, you know. And, like, and they're looking condescending, like, oh, what kind of parents you can't control? And I'm like, here's crayons, here's an iPad, be quiet, shh. You know, we're like, oh my Lord, we're trying to die. We want to be raptured, right, you know. And so, yeah, the crowd settles down. And this principle keeps going on and on and on. And about 10 minutes later, my son stands up, stands up again and goes, boring, boring, boring. This guy is boring. I want to go home. This is too long. Now this time, about 500 people around us didn't stop, didn't, didn't look, they started clapping and cheering. Because our son was saying what they were thinking. Kids have yet to be programmed to society's expectations. It's like, you know, kids, kids can't do things in moderation. We say, oh, you know, you've got all these Easter eggs on Easter Sunday, you've got 24 Easter eggs. That means you have one Easter egg for 24 days, every day. They don't think, they don't understand that. They've eaten 24 Easter eggs by the time you've come to church. They're bouncing off the walls with a sugar head. Come on. But, you know, we need to be a little bit more like children sometimes. When, you know, sometimes when you say to little kids, hey, we're going to go to the shops in an hour. They didn't hear an hour. They just heard shops. 
That little toddler runs to his room, gets his Thomas Tank backpack on. He's waiting at the door to go now. They're taking my word literally. Maybe we as God's children need to take his word a little bit more literally. Childlike faith. I'm telling you, I find many, many children, children don't believe in limits. What do you want to be? Fireman? What do you want to be? Astronaut? They've got big dreams. And, big, and I want to tell you, as God's children today, whether we're 15 or 85, we need to have big dreams. There is no limits. Let me ask you a question. What are you telling God he cannot do in your life? Because you've set the limit. God's of God of no limits. No limitation. You know, there's a pastor friend I know, and he told me the story that every Monday he likes to go fishing on a little freshwater lake and he's got a little tin he pops in the water after church on this big day at church on Sunday he goes out fishing and he likes to relax and out there and, and he was getting very frustrated because he'd been out there two hours hadn't caught one thing hadn't even had a bite he was very frustrated but what was even more frustrating there was another senior citizen a bit further down on the lake in a little tinny and he was catching fish all morning and this made the pastor even more frustrated he's not catching any fish this guy over there's catching heaps of fish and then was even more frustrating than that he was watching this guy fishing he was keeping the small fish and throwing back the big fish now this pastor just he was just frustrated he's like i can't believe this and so he got back to the boat ramp the other guys at the boat ramp and he said i just got i'm nosy he's a pastor he's, I, gotta, I gotta ask him what's going on here he says i noticed you caught a lot of fish today and the guy goes wow i caught so many fish it was amazing he said i've just got one question to you why were you keeping the small fish and throwing back the big fish and the guy said i've only got a 30 centimeter frying pan <laughs> get a bigger frying pan some of us, God wants to do something great in life. We're saying, but God can't. I've got to throw the big ones back. I've only got a small frying pan. Throw it out. Go down to Kmart. Get a big wok. Get a hungy. Get something happening in your life. We set the limits and God said, I'm a God of no limits. I spoke the world and there was creation. Oh man, we've got to break the mindsets. We're going to break the limitations. God wants to give you a bigger capacity to believe. Let's not just, oh, you know, lockdown and, 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 and all these kind of things. We start getting fearful and anxiety. Now, God's not a God of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He wants us to dream. The, bro, bo, the book of Joel says, young men will have visions and old men will dream dreams. Come on, let's believe in faith. Don't set the limitations. What are you saying God cannot do? Because he wants to do it. He's a God of the breakthrough. He wants to give you a bigger capacity. And as God's children, let's not believe there's any limits. One day, some parents brought the children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms. He placed his hand on their heads and he bless them. The second point this morning, the second characteristic that God loves about children is this. Children believe their father's resource is never ending. My kids think I'm a billionaire. My kids think it's Paul Geeling ANZ Bank. They think I'm a mobile ATM. Come on, you, some of you got kids like that. Some of you got adult children still think that. Coming to the bank of mum and dad. Come on, hear an amen here right now. My children know me as the provider. 
They feel I'm a provider of their resource, their schooling, their uni fees, their clothes, their love, their entertainment, their accommodation. They believe my resource is never-ending. They do not believe that there is any limit to my resource. Well, you know, we're God's children, and we need to have the same attitude towards our Heavenly Father. Our Father in heaven is a never-ending resource. Can I have an amen this morning? Philippians 4.19 says, And my God in Brisbane which is the same God here in Fahavi Bay, by the way, will supply some of your needs. All of your needs, the Scripture says, according to your riches. No, according to His riches in Christ Jesus. Let me say it again. And my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I love this. God's not lacking things. He owns the cattle on the thousand hills, on the hills, and he owns the hills as well. He owns the earth and the fullness of it. He owns the universe. Our God is a God of resource. God, what does Matthew 6 3 say? Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's easy for God to do miracles. He can add to you jobs. He can add to you a spouse. He can add to you health. He can add to you finances, a home. He can add to you a business. What's hard for God to find is a generation that will seek him first. Our God is a God of never-ending resource. I remember we first planted our church 16 years ago and we were just moving, living in a cinema and then we started a night service at UQ at the university and, and we just had this van with all our gear in it and one of the other churches in the city, Pastor Chris Aiton, he used to allow us to use his property for storing our gear and having leaders. He blessed us so much and, and after two years, I'm like, maybe we could believe for a house. Maybe we could, we could have our offices in there and maybe we could just um, you know, have some meetings in the music practice and, and there was this ugly house in Carindale on the corner of Old Cleveland and Scrub Road opposite KFC and it was the most ugliest house I've ever seen. It had a blue roof, blue windows, blue doors and I thought maybe back then it was $240,000. Maybe if we could stretch ourselves possibly and I was praying and believing and went to the bank and we didn't have enough equity to do that and, and I was asking the Lord and, and God says think bigger. I'm like God I can't think any bigger than that. This is all I can believe for and within four weeks he gave us as a church a six million dollar property in Brisbane. Our Father in heaven is a never-ending resource. And my God, which is your God, shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm telling you today that the Father's resource is never-ending. Let me ask you a question as a child of God this morning. Do you believe your heavenly Father's resource is never-ending? Do you believe He has enough resource for your family? Do you need to believe you have enough resource for this church? I'm telling you, there's a vision in Pastor Ross's heart to impact this city and region. And thank God for this facility. But this needs to be the kids' church. We need to have a bigger auditorium to fit all the people that are moving to town, let alone the people that are going to get saved. We need to do something for the next generation. His resources are never... Can I have an amen this morning? You know, uh, we, every year, probably like you guys do, we do a miracle offering. And we challenge the people to go and pray and ask God what they can give. And the obedience is more important than the amount. Because I find that I have an amount, then I ask God, he always makes it bigger, you know. And so one, one time, one year, we had, I had this pastor move up from Brisbane to come and work for me. 
and he's a lovely guy and he took a pay decrease to come and move to Brisbane to help because we were just planting the church and we didn't have many resources and and he made a deal with God. I don't know if this is theologically correct, but he said, God, if I go and work for Pastor Paul in Brisbane, leave Melbourne. And I think he'd be loving to leave Melbourne now. If I come to Pastor Paul and uh, can I just, I know I'm taking a pay decrease. I just want to take my wife on a holiday every year to Asia. We love going to Asia. And secondly, I'm a fanatical golf player and I'd love to have a golf membership really cheap. Well, God answered his two prayers, so he came to Brisbane. And so sure enough, he, 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 he every year liked to take his wife on a holiday and his wife was about to turn 30. And so he'd been saving money for three years in a secret savings account to take her on a 30th birthday holiday to a golf resort in Vietnam. Because that's what she really wanted. Yeah, guys are stupid. And, um, and so sure enough, he's telling the church, he's saying, church, would you pray and ask God what you give? As he says that, the Holy Spirit says to him, you know that secret savings account for that holiday? You need to put it on the miracle offering. He's like, get behind me, Satan. Every week, he's challenging the church. Church, would you go away and pray and ask God what you give the miracle offering? And every week, the Holy Spirit says, Matt, that secret savings account, put it into the offering. Well, the last Sunday before the miracle offering, he's driving home with his wife. His wife says, Matt, you know that secret savings account I'm not supposed to know about? I'm telling you, I'll give some advice to all the men here. There's a fourth person in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, wife, okay? And so she says, you know that secret savings account you've got? I felt the Holy Spirit say today, we need to put all the miracle offerings. Like, oh. So the next week, miracle offering Sunday, they, put, they, they withdrew the money out of the savings account, put all the thousands of dollars in the miracle offering. And literally about six weeks later, we're in the office and he gets a phone call. And uh, are you Matt? Yeah, yeah. And are you a member of Australian Golf Digest? Yeah, I've been a member for 15 years. He goes, well, this is amazing. You've just won two business class tickets to Mission Hills Golfing Resort, China, with a couple of thousand dollars of the free golf, girl, golf gear and cooking classes every day for your wife and Vietnamese and Chinese. And, and, and it was amazing. It was an incredible blessing. Our God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Our Father is a never-ending resource. One day some parents brought the children to Jesus so we could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms. He placed the hand on their heads and he blessed them. The third characteristic that God loves about children is this. Children... Never stop asking. They're relentless and wearing you down. Especially little kids, they just wear you down. You know, one time we're on holidays at the Sunshine Coast and my wife said to me, Paul, can you take the four-year-old? I'm trying to cook dinner. Can you go and get some groceries for tomorrow? I said, no, no worries. And, and then she spoke to me. My wife Joanne spoke to me in such a condescending manner. She said, don't give him any chocolate. And I'm like... Do you doubt my incredible parenting abilities? I'm 40 years of age. This child is four. I can handle this. And she said, I'm just telling you, don't give him any chocolate. It's going to spoil his dinner. Don't give him any. And I was just a bit annoyed at that, that she questioned my incredible abilities. But I get to the supermarket. I didn't realise every piece of confectionery is for a four-year-old's height at, at that level there. And I get down the aisle one, and he's asked for a chocolate. No, I am your father. Second aisle. Third, by the fourth aisle, he's asked for a chocolate a hundred times. I'm like, here, have one chocolate. Have ten chocolates. Just don't tell your mother. Because children are relentless at asking. 
They wear you down. And the Bible says to us, children of God today, we have not because we... Let me say that again. We have not because we... So when did you stop praying? When did you stop asking? That thing that's in your heart. Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open to you. So if you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people, yes, you parents and grandparents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? So my challenge to you today, child of God, is this. Come on, let's keep on asking. Don't pray just more small prayers. Pray some audacious prayers. Pray some outrageous prayers. Pray some impossible prayers. When did you stop expecting? When did you stop believing? When did you stop praying? When did you stop asking God? Come on, stir yourself up. The promises of God are yes and amen. Come on, we'll do a little quiz here. Raise your hand if God's ever answered a prayer in your life. Wonderful. Thank you, class. Put your hands down. Raise your hand if God's ever financially provided for you. What a wonderful God we have. Thank you, class. Put your hand down. Raise your hand if God's ever healed your body when you prayed. Wow, what an incredible God. Raise your hand if God's ever given you direction and made your life decisions. Raise your hand if God's ever protected you from danger or your own stupidity. (laughs) And we still doubt Him. Come on, we're children of God. Whether you're 15 or 85, we can come with our prayers and petitions. We can come boldly towards the Father. Here is he is inclined to our prayer, but many of us have stopped praying. Maybe because of delay, discouragement. But delay doesn't mean denial. If God has said it, it can come to pass. But will we be faithful to that point to see that miracle? Oh, I'm praying there's going to be a day where Pastor Ross sees his whole site finished. People been pray- I'm praying that you are here because you've been praying for decades and giving and sowing for decades. We need to be there. Come on, let's, let's up our prayers. Let's lift our eyes. What does the Bible see? say? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Can I have an amen this morning? One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so He could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples. He said, then let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms. He placed his hand on their heads and he blessed them. The fourth thing that I believe God loves about children, characteristics, is this children are learners. Children, especially young children, are sponges for new experiences and new knowledge. Let's keep being learners in the kingdom of God. Let's not get stuck and say, oh, well, I've learned enough there is about God. Let's be learners in life. Mate, you can learn something new about Jesus every day. You can open up this Bible and experience something more about the character of God every day. You can come to church and experience something new that you've never experienced before. I want to encourage you, don't get old overnight. Age is not an age thing. Attitude, it's a heart thing. I've met young people in my church, they're on fire for Jesus. They get married at 25 and they turn old overnight. 
They used to want to see the world get saved. Now the highlight of their lives is going to Bunnings and buying a letterbox on the weekend. Come on, let's keep a learning spirit in life. When I was at the Paradise Church in Adelaide, I love being in that church, and there was a pastor there called Pastor Tommy. And he was awesome. He'd come, he was not in his 90s, he'd come to youth on Friday night. Didn't matter, he was a bit deaf, so it didn't really matter. So, and, um, and, I, and Pastor Tommy, how are you going? He goes, I said, why aren't you at the seniors? I'm not going to seniors, there's old people there. He's 90, you know. Pastor Tommy was full of life. And, you know, um, he got cataracts in his later years, in his 90s. And the doctor said to him, look, you're going to have to change your lifestyle because you're not going to be able to read or preach the Bible. And, and uh, so this is what Pastor Tommy did after the doctor's advice. At 90-something years of age, he enrolled in the Royal South Australian School of the Blind. And he learnt Braille in his 90s so he could keep reading the Bible and keep preaching the gospel. That's a learning spirit. And I'm telling you, we're God's children. Let's not stop. Well, that's it. That's all there is to experience of God. That's all there is to know about church. I've seen it all before, Pastor Paul. No, come on. Let's keep a learning spirit in our life. Let's keep a learning spirit in God. Let's keep a learning spirit in our marriage. Let's keep a learning spirit in church, in our family, in our friendships. Let's keep learning. Let's keep enlarging. See, we all naturally go to things that we like. You know, my son, Josh, when he was younger, he's a genius at mathematics and sequences. He's a good drummer because of that. And, and um, you know, we didn't have to teach him to read. He taught himself at four or five. He's reading. The, reading. It's amazing. And, and, he, and he was good at different things. But I couldn't get him to learn how to do his shoelaces. I'm telling you. He was like nine years of age. I'm still trying to get him to do it. And he says, Dad, I just don't like doing it. It's just too hard. Because some things we're naturally good at and some things we have to work hard at. I said, Josh, just picture your future. You're married. You've got a job in the CBD in Brisbane. You've got a suit on and you're driving to my house on a, on a Monday morning saying, Dad, can you do your shoe, my shoelaces up before you go to work? Now, unless you want to wear Velcro runners to work, you need to learn this. And, you know, sometimes we, like in the Bible, oh, I, just, I just like the Gospels. I don't read the other parts. Well, I'm an Old Testament guy, you know, and oh, I like this. No, no, God, God, God wants us to grow and enlarge and learn in all our lives. God's a God of new experiences. You know, um, I grew up in a country town of 2,000 people and 10,000 cows. And um, I love that town. And um, my parents still live there today. And, and we grew up, I've got three brothers and we're all over six foot. And we grew up in a meat and veg, three veg kind of family. Monday night, lamb chops, th- three vegetables, mashed potatoes stacked to the ceiling. Tuesday night, meatloaf, three veg. Wednesday night, steak, three veg. Sausage, like that's what we lived on. We're just a good old Aussie household, you know. Then I moved to the big smoke to go to university. And I started dating my wife, Jo. And I went to, for the first time, I went to a dinner and a lunch after church on a Sunday. Her grandparents had been missionaries in India for 40 years. I'm sitting around the table with her family, about 15 there. And I look at this dish on the table. I go, hmm, never seen that before. As I look at it, I start sweating on my brow. I said, what is this? They said, this is curry. I said, what is curry? And for the first time in my life, at about 21 years, I had a hot curry. Oh, mate, I love curry. I have curry every week. In fact, I love curry so much. I planted a church in Mumbai. That's how much I love curry. I love Indian food. It's fantastic. Don't give me the Aussie Indian. I want the Indian Indian. The Vindaloo. Let's, whoo, the ball pot starts sweating, okay? And, uh, and the next week, I'm with her family, and her dad goes, hey, on Monday night, do you want to come? We're going to a Thai restaurant. I said, what is Thai? What is Thai food? For the first time, I had Thai food. Oh, I love Thai food. Green cur- chicken curry. Woo, love that. Then the next week, Joe's dad goes, hey, we're going to have Mexican. You want Mexican? Oh, Mexican? Never had me- 
And now, I love, I love international food. In fact, I go all around the world just loving, who cares about the preaching? I just want to experience the food. I've been all through the nations and I love, we've got a church in Hong Kong, I love the noodles. I've got this one place I go every time. It's fantastic. Now, does that mean when I go home to my country town where my parents are and I know I'm going to get meat and three veg and mashed potatoes, does that mean what I grew up on is wrong? No, it's incredible food. My mum can make a roast dinner, go to about 40 people. She can stretch that thing out. But you know, that's not all there is to experience. There's more experience. And what you grew up on in your faith is not bad. It's good. But God's saying, hey, whether you're 15 or whether you're 85, there's more to experience in God. Can I have an amen, church? Let's be learners in our faith, learners in life. What's something new that God wants you to experience? One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so we could touch them. Let's go the musos, please come. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples. He said, to let the children come to me, don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like this, those with a childlike faith. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, he placed his hand on their heads and he blessed them. I've got about 17 more points, but I'm just going to give you one more today. Characteristic that God loves about children, number five is this. Children love to make new friends. Kids make friends easily. And as we get old, older, we find it sometimes hard to make friends. We're less tolerant of others. We're less willing to go beyond and sacrifice our time and energy and make the effort to build relationships. You know, as kids, we'd drive up from country Victoria to Coolum every summer for our holiday break because my dad was a school teacher. We'd get the Kingswood, put the trail on the back, put all the BMXs in it, the tent. We'd go up to Coolum Caravan Park. We'd camp on the beach every year and... This is how I'd make friends as a 10-year-old. I'd get my cricket bat and tennis ball, find a rubbish bin, find a grassed area. I'd just stand there for a few minutes. Two kids would walk out. What's your name? Philip, what's your name? Paul, do you like cricket? Yeah, do you want to be my best friend? Okay. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Next two weeks, me and Philip, we're best friends. We love cricket, playing cricket every day. But then as we get old, it's really hard. We don't like extending our circle of friendship and... He was on my Facebook. He said he liked it. Do you think he really liked it? Maybe he didn't like it. You know, we, 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 put, we put conditions on things. We interpret things. But I want to encourage you today. God wants Bayside Church to be an ever-enlarging school of friendship. There's always room for one more person at Bayside. Oh, do we have to start a third service? Well, no, not for you, we don't. But if we're going to find more people in the house of God, we have to. Oh, that means it's going to be at 11.30. Sometimes we think so self-orientated. God's thinking about the kingdom. In your connect group, there's room for one more. All these Mexicans coming up over the border from down south. Harvey Bay used to be awesome when it was small. Get used to it, my friends. There's more Victorians coming. But are we going to enlarge the circle of friendship? That Bayside can, because we want to be a church of all generations, old, young. You know, there's more nationalities coming to Harvey Bay. We live in the best nation on the planet. Even the poorest person in Australia is in the top 7% wealthiest people in the world. The whole world wants to come here, let alone Victoria. We've got to keep enlarging the circle of friendship. Kids are so accepting of others. Kids are not prejudiced of others when they're making friendships. Little kids... They don't see colour or race or age. 
Apostle Paul says you're neither Jew or Gentile, slave nor free, male or female. God just sees people. We've got to have the attitude of Christ. One time my eldest was in preschool and he came home to his mum and said, Mum, we've got a new black girl in our class. He said, well, I don't think you should say that. He goes, we've got all colours. We've got brown girls from India, we've got black girls, we've got Chinese, we've got people from Japan. And my wife says, what colour are you, Josh? He's blonde, blue-eyed. He goes, I'm Pete. <laughs> Kids don't see colours. And you know what? God doesn't see colour either. Church is a very unique institution. Firstly, we exist for non-members. Secondly, most people on a Sunday morning in Harvey Bay hang out with their own kind, their own family, their own nationality, their own socioeconomic level. But the common denominator in church is not rich or poor or your education level or your nationality. The common denominator in church is that we all love Christ and we're all followers of Jesus. So we can have the richest person in Harvey Bay and a drug addict just off the street sitting on the same row and they're all disciples of Christ. Let Bayside Church be an ever-enlarging circle of friendship. There's always room for one more. God loves that. Connect groups, small groups, children's church. Maybe you need to stretch yourself. And there's room for one more in my connect group. Maybe you're retired. I've done so many years of leadership. Well, maybe you need to get back in because we need to make more room for people to be connected into the family of God. I'll finish with this story. Joe and I were pastors at a church called Paradise under Pastor Andrew Evans for like 10 years. We, we loved it. And when you've been in one church for a long time, Pastor Ross would know this, you get to know everybody. And uh, Paradise is about 4,500 people attending on a Sunday. I could walk down the street, hey, Pastor Paul, how you going? And Adelaide's just a big country town. I, I knew so many people. We moved to Brisbane to Garden City Church to be the youth and young adults pastors and the associate pastor. And I just found it to be a very unfriendly church. We'd been there six weeks. I'd been preaching, doing communion. Not one person had asked us out for coffee or for lunch. I said to Joe one day, I said, man, this is, we're the pastors and we're feeling lonely. We need to find some people here that we can connect with. And, and uh, I said, Joe, if we have to eat Red Rooster after church one more time, I'm going to stab myself in the head with a plastic fork. Or no, I can't have plastics anymore. A bamboo fork, whatever it is. And, um, and literally, I'm shaking hands at the door. One day I'd done the communion at church. I'd been on stage. Thousands of people walking through the doors. And this little... Eastern European man, a Romanian man, came up to me and in broken English, he said, Pastor Paul, would you like to come and have lunch at my house? I said, yes! <laughs> he gave us the address. He's like, after church, we drove down there and it was one of those Eastern European families. Like, everybody was there. It was a barbecue. It was like 30 people there, grandma and uncles and aunties and they were speaking Romanian, a little bit English. We had a great time, just the fellowship and the connection and we had a whole lot of food. I said, look, Peter, we've been there hours. I've got to go back and run the night service. Thank you for your... He said, I'll walk you to the car. So walking down his driveway and he said, Pastor Paul, thanks for coming. He said, no, Peter, thanks for having us. We just needed this connection. We felt community. We felt family. We felt like we belonged today. He goes, Pastor Paul, he said, you know what? We came from Romania. We fled as refugees in the middle of the night. We crossed the border out of Romania under Ceausescu, under the communist rule. We were refugees in Germany for four years until finally we got accepted to come to Australia. We couldn't speak a word of English, but we were so excited to come to Brisbane. We got off the plane. We'd go to church one Sunday. No one talked to us. Another church, no one talked to us. No one talked to us until finally we couldn't speak English. We're at this church here and someone said to us after service, do you want to come for lunch? We're like, they gave us sign language. So we went out to lunch with this couple. They paid lunch for us. We sat there. We couldn't speak to them. We just smiled at each other. 
They had their two kids. We had our three kids, but we felt loved. And so we decided this is our church. So Pastor Paul, I've been here seven years. My English is still bad. I, can't, I was on the ushering team. I was on the car park team, but I sent people the wrong way to another church. I got demoted off the team. And uh, so I realized I can't do that. And so he said, you know what I decided to do? I said, God, if I can't be a leader, every Sunday I'll look for lonely people and I'll invite to my house for lunch. And Pastor Paul, today you and Joe are those lonely people. I said, thank you, Peter. An ever enlarging circle of friendship. I'm telling you. You know, you guys have the transformation guys here every Sunday. Keep the circle open. There's people going to come up from Brisbane and Sydney and Melbourne. People escaping life. People looking for new seniors, families. Let's this church be an ever enlarged. Let it be an oasis. Not a church with fences. But like Pastor Shane said, a well that people will come and drink from and be refreshed. Let's not be those selfish children like the only child. Let's be the child that shares things with their siblings all the blessings that God has given us let's be prepared to share it because I'm telling you this city is going to keep on growing this church is going to keep on growing would you bow your head close your eyes I've gone too long I've already talked too long so good to preach here you're a wonderful congregation just close your eyes for a moment but I just want to encourage you firstly there's some people here and I really believe that uh, God wants to encourage you this morning you know what to open up your home to open up your life, to make that circle of friendship larger. For some of you here this morning, God's challenging you for new experiences. Don't say, I've seen it all before in church. Well, you haven't. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has planned for those. There's, there's new experiences for you. Even in your senior days, just read the last chapter of Job 42. God blessed him double in his senior years. Just think of Caleb. At 80 years of age, he got his mountain. The Bible says he ran into battle just as just as fast as a young man in a battle. I'm telling you, your best days can be your most joyful and fruitful days in the last years of your life. Your prayers are powerful. And I, I feel that for everyone over 65 here, I'm telling you, your most fruitful days are to come and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Amen. And I want to encourage some people, you got to keep asking. Oh, can we all stand up here? I feel this. I felt this in the first service. Feel it again. Some of us have stopped praying for unsaved kids backslidden children. Can we all stand our feet right across this place? And I believe we're going to pray today. We're going to, we're going to stir our faith together to believe, to believe, to believe, to believe, to believe, to believe. If you've got unsaved kids or backslidden kids or backslidden grandkids, just lift your hands towards the Lord. Because God loves them more than you do and you love them a lot. And I believe He's going to just send His Holy Spirit. I, I just believe God wants to stir your faith up to keep on praying, to keep believing for those who have wandered. Because they don't belong to the kingdom of this world. They belong to the kingdom of God. And I'm going to believe in the eye of faith. I'm going to believe one day you're going to be in church and you look down the aisle and there's your kids and your grandkids worshiping the Lord. And you will say one day, to God be the glory. Great things He's done. We're going to believe. We're going to believe this morning. Whether it takes one month or one year or 10 years, we're going to believe the Holy Spirit. His conviction is going to work upon him and the love of Jesus is going to overwhelm. I've got an unsaved brother-in-law. He's sailing around the world with, a, with his wife and two kids running from God. And it's so funny because every time he talks to us, he said, this crazy Jesus people sail. They're multi-millionaires. They keep rocking up next to my boat in the Caribbean, South America, the Mediterranean. I love it because we're praying that he's going to come to the Lord. And even on the ocean, he can't escape Jesus people. Amen.
We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep playing. So why don't you lift your hands towards the Lord? If you've got unsaved kids, backslidden kids, grandkids, Holy Spirit, stir our faith to keep on asking, to keep on believing, to keep on seeking, to keep on not. We believe they belong to you. We declare like Joshua, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Lord, forgive us for lacking in faith and, and stop praying. Delay is not denial. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to ask for their salvation. For the greatest miracle of all is that of salvation. And we declare today they belong to you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, work on their hearts. Open the eyes of their heart. Lord, that the devil might have blinded their heart to know who Jesus is. We pray, Holy Spirit, open their eyes in the name of Jesus. This is what we're going to do. On the count of three, I want you to, I want you to declare those names. You know how people get saved at church and we clap? Well, we're going to clap in anticipation to believe. Whether it's one day, one week, one month, 10 years, it doesn't matter. We're going to keep on believing till they come into the kingdom. Are you ready? On the count of three, I want you to declare their names and we're going to clap and believe for salvation. Amen. One, two, three. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Right now, shut it up for Yuki and Nia. Lord God and Louisa, Lord, I pray that they're going to come into the kingdom. We thank you. They belong to you. They're your children, oh God. Let the prodigal sons and the prodigal daughters come home, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, even through this COVID season, open their eyes and their hearts to see Jesus. We bind the enemy. We release the anointing of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Last two things we're going to pray for. For some of you, you've got to believe the Father's resource is never ending. You can believe for others to see financial breakthrough, but you need a breakthrough. For a rental house, a home ownership, for your business. There's someone here, a business person, and your cash flow has been restricted. There's someone who owes you a lot of money, 30, 60, 90, 120 days, and it's crippling your business. We're going to pray for a supernatural release so that provision would come and new accounts and new customers. So if you need to believe, you need to believe for God's resource. Just lift your hands towards the Lord. We're going to pray together right now. I don't know what it is. There's someone here, you've got an insurance dispute, an insurance dispute, and we're going to pray for a supernatural miracle, a breakthrough. Come on, if you need financial provision, lift your hands to God. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We pray, oh God, we thank You that You are a Father who loves us, who has a never-ending resource. Pour out Your favour. Pour out Your blessing, God. Pour out Your provision. Lord, let us pray the prayer of Jabez. Oh God, that You would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory rabu tararama shanda rubaba tie baba abusat riba we thank you lord thank you then we're going to pray Two, lastly we're going to pray for limitation of our thinking I, I find sometimes like i said to you about the house i was believing for for our church that's all i could believe for it's like that guy that said jesus said you do you believe? Have you got faith for healing? He goes, yes, Lord, I believe, but help me believe. <laughs> and you know what? Some of you have said some statements that God has not said. Statements like, we could never buy a home. That could never happen to us. Who said that? You said that. God didn't say that. And I want to encourage you today. That God's saying, come on, there is no limits on me. Just the limits you put on me. So, oh, I believe God wants to help us change our mindset. Only believe. Only believe. And that you would dream again. Someone here had a big disappointment in business or with a big financial loss. So you're risk averse. I'm telling you, God's going to enable you to believe again. Believe again. He is a good God. So Lord, right now, if that's you, just lift your hands towards the Lord. I pray, oh God, take the limits off their mindset today. 
that they would pray big prayers, audacious prayers, outrageous prayers, faith-filled prayers. I pray this provision of vehicles, praying for houses, praying, oh God, for schooling and university opportunities, Lord. I pray for business people here today. I pray, Lord, enlarge their mindset today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Can we just thank God? Can we give Him some praise? He is our heavenly Father that loves us. We are His children. He wants to draw you close and He wants to bless you. Amen. I'll do one thing before I hand back to Pastor Ross. Sorry for going over in time. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe today you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Saviour. It will be my privilege to pray for you. I believe if you're the only person on planet Earth, Jesus would have come and died on the cross and rose again just for you. That's how much He loves you. Or maybe today you're a prodigal son and daughter. You once were close to God, but now you're a million miles away from Him. God loves you. You say, how do I become a Christian? Just pray a prayer. What's praying a prayer? Having a conversation with God. The book of Romans says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that believe in His heart that He died and rose again, you shall be saved. It's called being born again. So you're just a prayer away from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're a prodigal today, God's knock on the door of you and say, come on, come back into relationship with me. I don't reject you. The Father's arms are open wide to re-engage that relationship with Him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor Paul, would you pray with me today? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to get my life right with God. You say, Pastor, would you pray that with me? I'm going to ask you to do something bold. On the count of three, would you raise your hands to heaven? And I would love to pray with you today. One, two, three. Say, Paul, that's me. Would you pray with me today? I want to give my life to Christ. I want to get my life right with God. There was many people in the morning. So just going to look across this auditorium. Awesome. Just looking across this place today. If that's you, if that's you, that's you. Awesome. Awesome. Church, just look at me. I want to encourage you. Our Father is good. Don't let all the language of fear in our world right now restrict your thinking. Allow the language of faith to enlarge. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. Fear comes from the enemy. God has given us power, His Holy Spirit, love, a Savior called Jesus, and sound mind. He can give you wisdom to make good decisions. They'll have impact upon your life and the lives of others. God bless you. Thank you for having us church this morning. I believe the best days of Bayside are ahead. Amen. And you're going to be a part of it. God bless you this morning. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.